Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now hitting the road with the wonders of the world out your window, pulling up and resting your head wherever you park your van. It sounds so beautiful, and it is exactly what my guest today, Jared Melrose, and his sweetheart of 10 years, Ash, do as they both live in a van together. In this episode, we touch on some of the functionalities of living in a van, the cost of fitting out a van, doing laundry, cooking, and the use of public toilets, or shining beacons of light, as Jared calls them. We also dive into some deeper topics, and what I love is how honest Jared is about some of the realities of van life and the dichotomy of the lifestyle. There is freedom in mobility, but not always freedom with space. Jared talked about initially dealing with the change in comfort, crossing the bridge of other people's expectations, and confronting his relationship with Ash as there is nowhere to go, shut a door, and have your own space. As Jared says, everyone has got compromises that they are dealing with. And for Jared, the lack of a comfy couch to chill out on, or the ability to shut a door in an argument, is what he's willing to compromise for everything else that the van life has to offer. Jared talks about living in a world with no fences, being in the moment and learning to deal with issues as they arise, building a community all over the world, and connecting with people and nature. Jared is one of the guys behind the hugely successful website vanlife.com.au and Instagram handle vanlifediaries. Through his website, Jared organized gatherings in Australia and North America for van lifers to connect in person and to welcome other people to the community to see what it's all about. I personally cannot wait to attend one of the gatherings. For me, this episode isn't simply about living in a van. It's about looking at how you live your life and if the way you live your life enables you to love and connect with people, especially strangers. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jared Melrose. Hi, Jared. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good. Very well. That is good. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today? Well, I'm in a beautiful place just northwest of um, Melbourne, about two hours, in a place called Bonnie Doon. Bonnie Doon. Uh, yes. And, and the bo- serenity is, I, is everything. I was just going to say, Bonnie Doon was kind of made famous through the the cult Australian film called The Castle. Is that correct? Yeah, you're right there. One of the classics. A great example of, uh, of our humour as well. I love it. And, and, and is it, as I've never been to Bonnie Doon myself, but is it kind of how, is the serenity there quite beautiful? It really is. Like there's this massive um, sort of lake and there's some dams around. Mount Buller's behind it where you can go skiing. Um, there's a little town called Jamison and Wood Point and Eildon, which has a big lake on it. Um, 
and a, and it's all, all dammed as well. So I mean, it's you can drive up around. It. You can spend a couple of days just driving around the little towns, and yeah, they're really beautiful. Great place to come for a weekend, or if you're into visiting markets and little little town markets, there's there's heaps going on out here. Oh, beautiful. Mm. And and I guess that question of whereabouts you are is is quite relevant to you as as where you are can can change quite quickly and easily. As as you live in your van, can can you take me back a bit and tell me a bit of your background and, and how you decided that the van life was for you? Hmm. Yeah, well I to be honest, I'd never ever thought of living in a van for a like really bef- much before I, um, I started a website with um, two other friends. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a musician for, for a long time as well. So, um, you know, I know that there's also, there's a, there's a lot of uh, sort of pre- pressure in a way for other people to, to stick to something a little more conventional as well. Um, but for me, it was... Uh, I've sort of never really dealt with that whole idea of conventional in the sense, like I've always made art and made music. And um, so, and you know, and a lot of people don't consider that a job either. <laughs> and I don't really get paid for that. So, so I kind of crossed that bridge of other people's expectation a long time ago. Mm. Um, um, and so since I'd, I'd, I'd sort of laid that to rest, um, I was making music down in Melbourne and um, one of my friends that I grew up with, um, he came, he was a, he's a musician as well, Johnny. He came and stayed on a couch at my place in Collingwood when I was living there with um, with Ashley, my sweetheart, and our, dr- our drummer and his partner at the time. And, and um, we were just sort of sitting down having a chat. And at the time, myself and Sam, the drummer, were um, fitting out a couple of vans here and there just for something to do. Um, and <clears throat> Johnny came down and, and he was living in his van. And, um, and we just started chatting and, you know, sure enough, after a little while, all the, you know, the pleasantries and the courtesies sort of dissolve and you sort of get into the real stuff. And he was just sort of, you know, telling me of his struggles and what he was doing. And, um, you know, and he, he was running a little website at the time, at the time called um, Rebel on a Rainbow, which was um, sort of exploring creatives in a sense mm-hmm. um, and sort of giving them a bit of exposure. And he, he said... And he said to me over coffee and, you know, we sort of chatted and like, why don't we do something together? We'll fit out vans and we'll sort of start a little social media platform and, you know, try and get some exposure through that. And, um, and yeah, and then within two hours we had a, had a name we wanted to run with, which was Van Life and started an Instagram called Van Life Diaries, which shared and celebrated, um, individuals journeys on the road um and then we just started you know i I kept going to work and was was rendering at the time um and playing a few gigs here and there but uh, um you know the more that it sort of took off like in the first six months the the social media platform had grown to like thirty thousand and was spiking there's about five hundred a thousand a day going up and up and up and um I just, and I, and my girlfriend Ash, she just said, oh, and she'd been actually pestering me for a while, to be honest, to move into a van and just do something different. Um, and and I guess it was just it just sort of dawned on us that that was the 
smartest thing to do. I mean, we meant we could cut down our hours of working. Um, and, w- and was and was the, a more com- a lifestyle? Yeah. Was that was that a big thing to be able to kind of have that freedom and, and cut down on on working just to kind of make money? Yeah, but it took a little while to get the balance right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, it's, it took about. Uh, well, it, and it's still changing. It's constantly changing, I think. Um, for me, it was um, just stopping and looking at the work and going, gee, I'm still working as much as I was before. Oh, look, we've got a bit more money in our account now. What are we going to do with it? And so then we'd travel. We're like, we'd, we'd, we've been overseas a couple of times in the last few years. Um, and we, <clears throat> we sort of, it's easy to get stuck into little movements of going, okay, I'll just go here. Mm-hmm. And I'll and I'll base myself and salt myself in the area, you know, salt the area and, and do a little bit of work here and there. Um, but then I, I also find that I get I get a little stuck in in spots as well. So the plan is this year is to keep, um, you know, keep mobile and keep exploring stuff and and yeah, and, and, and pursue and, it a bit more in that way. And what was the biggest change for you? I guess kind of coming from that that shared accommodation in Collingwood and actually deciding that, you know, the van is going to be the main bed, the main home. Like what were some of the big changes that you had kind of making that transition? Well, um, comfortability is one of them. Getting used to not having a couch, you know, it's real. I feel really good sometimes when I rock up at a friend's house and, and can just lay on their couch for you know, an hour and watch a movie or something. Because we live in a really – like we're in a small van. Like we're in a, in a transporter, Volkswagen transporter. Um, it's a long wheelbase, but it doesn't have a pop top, so you can't stand up in it. Um, so getting used to the confined space is tricky, and really t- tricky. And there's two um, of you in there as well, correct? There's two of us, yeah, yeah wow. that's right. So like dealing – I mean, and everybody – you know, everybody's got laundry – it doesn't matter if you live in a van or in a house. Everybody's got to deal with their own laundry. For me, I have to go to a laundromat um, or a friend's place to do it. Um, you know, everyone has to go to the bathroom. So it's, these aren't big deals for us. We, and, you know, and growing up in the um, in the bush, we kind of, you know, know how to look mm-hmm. after ourselves. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I think the yeah the biggest the the biggest and confront most confronting thing is balancing the relationship to be honest like not having your own space to be able to um uh to run away from or to hide away or to get a bit of you know just a bit Mm -hmm. of breathing space sometimes um can be tricky i mean we've been together for 10 years and we're you know we're still going really really well and beautifully and we're you know um making the most of what we have now as well but um definitely relationships is changes, you know, in the sense that where when I was living in a house, I'd say, oh, when can I meet up with this other person? And, you know, I'd be organising three weeks in advance sort of thing to try and just meet up with a friend that lived a couple of k's up the road. But now when now when we, um, you know, plan to go somewhere, we can call ahead and say, look, and, uh, you know, and we love to cook too, so I'll ring up ahead and say, um, look, we're going to come to town. Are you happy to have us over for dinner? We'll cook for you guys. Um, and so we get to see our friends a lot more as well in that sense because mm-hmm. we just park in their backyard and cook for them and get to hang out where before it was it was a little more it was just sort of less um, I, yeah this wasn't as, as 
as occasional. No, I know what you mean. And like, I guess with that space that you spoke about there, you'd have to really start to consider the things that you own. Like, what were some of the items that you've you realised that you can't live without? But then on the flip side of that question, what are some items that you thought you couldn't live without, but after a while you've realised that, you know what, my life doesn't really need them? Mm. Well, an obvious one for me is clothes. Um, we've just got like, you know, a little a little chest with three compartments in it. Um, Ashley's has, has the middle compartment. I have the one on the right, and then we've got some towels and extra um, sort of linen on the left. Um, and honestly, I probably use the first – I mean, the, the, the chests are about – you know, 400, 400 mil deep, and I probably use only about the top 200 mil, mm-hmm. and I don't even touch the bottom. So you start wearing all the same clothes and realize you don't need all, you know, all these extra things. Shoes, I don't carry shoes. Mm-hmm. I, I just have one pair of shoes um, and a pair of thongs that always get lost under the driver's seat. <laughs> um, I've got, um, I mean, we've we've been borrowing a, a kayak but you know in a in a van that's just such highly regarded real estate that it's it's going to have to go too yeah um so, so well, i guess that's something where you, you you tried you tried something and realized you know what the the effort just isn't worth the the enjoyment yeah yeah pretty much pretty much until you until you know you just start whittling away it becomes a whittling process of what's necessary and what's not because after a while you know if, if i've got something ashley's going to tell me that it's bugging her mm. <laughs> if i've got something at some point or she's yeah she's got something i'll definitely be letting her know as well and just mm. going look we can't have this in here it's just it's 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 messing with my feng shui, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you kind of touched on cost a little bit before and you know the the freedom of being able to live in a van and and not needing to always have to say work that nine to five because you're not paying for for rent or paying for stuff that we we realize we don't need but how much does it cost to live in your van each year like what are some of the things that you need to spend money on so that you can actually live in the van Mm. look you always need tires good tires um You've always got rego. Uh, you need fuel to get to where you're going. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you need? You don't need much, that's for sure. Mm. But, but like, um, you know, I, like, I get, yeah, sorry. No, no, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say, like, you talked there about, you know, tyres and gas and things like that, you know, Obviously, if you if you're traveling around a lot, you, you're going to be kind of chewing up those tires a bit more. So, are they things that you kind of think about before you you take a big trip? Yeah, well, I mean, you you got to try and be responsible, <laughs> don't you? I mean, I've lost. I mean, the last three years we've gone through two gearboxes. Wow, that cost us nearly four four grand a pop, and that is just too much money to have. So, we're going to sell this van and get something else and. Um, we'll, we'll probably get another van or, a, you know, a coaster or I don't know what we're going to get yet, but, um, we'll get something else and yeah, and just try and maintain something that's a little more cost efficient because Volkswagen is not a cheap van to fix. Mm. 
and, and, and you've when you got to really love it. And when you talk about that, like what happens when you need to change your gearbox, like and your whole van breaks down? Like are you? Oh, we're kind of stuffed. Yeah, we. There's a. We've just got back from overseas. We're recording a um a documentary over there about the movement of van life. And I, I, when we went over there, we bought this um Dodge van. $2,000 Dodge van that had, you know, a bed in the back of it. And it broke down every, every bloody 300 Ks or so. And, and we would always be lucky enough just to pull up somewhere and there'd either be a, you know, a, a stranger there that's, you know, about to become a friend that would just be like, Hey, hey, I'll help you out. And, you know, get under the hood and fix it. But there was time, there's been times when we've been stuck in, you know, in cities on the side of the road and just slept beside the city, you know, this like the city highway going into the city. And, um, yeah, we just deal with what's in our hand at the time. Yeah. Um, just sort of dealing with the moment, be in the moment. And just, I think once you kind of let a lot of those, um, anxieties dissolve and just go, look, there's really nothing we can do right now. It's so much more easy to accept your space and your place and just kind of go, Oh, okay, great. Maybe I'll wind the window down and, <laughs> and Enjoy smoky air, you know, or all yeah. the, you know, all the, you know, if you break down out. I mean, we broke down in uh, Yellowstone National Park as well, and I mean, what a great place to break mm. down. You know, we were there for three days, parked outside, um, parked outside a, a a little private mechanic there, and every, every day we'd get picked up by another friend and get carted around Yellowstone to go and watch the national look at the national park while. The guys sort of waited on parts and fixed the van and then we moved on. We met other people from staying there and it's, you know, just sort of... It's all part of the journey. with what you have. Yeah, yeah stopping to smell the roses if that's yeah. where you end up. It's, yeah. And, and, you know, you spoke there about, you know, the Volkswagens being a little bit expensive to, to maintain. Like, is there, is there a fine line between the practicalities of van life? You know, having kind of needing a van that that might you know people might go oh cool let's get a vintage combi and travel around but then the practicalities of that compared to if you got like a a modern day kind of working van you know a workman tradie kind of van but yeah is there a fine line between that oh, i reckon it, if anyone's looking to get into it you 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 want something reliable like let's see the cheap to fix or goes you know like a yeah, it's it's pretty important to get something with a decent engine in it and just not get it for sentimental value unless you've got money to burn. Like, that's not what we'd do, though. I think we'd look for something a bit cheaper and that's quite fuel-efficient. Um, and kind of, I get, I get... Yeah, like the... Yeah. I guess on that point, if, you know, someone did kind of wanted to try out the van life, like, what what do you think would be the cost of, of buying a van? And a second part to that, this question, do you think it'd be best to kind of buy a van and convert it or buy a pre-loved livable van? Probably, uh, it, it depends. I know, I guess if somebody wants to, um, experience it firsthand, just go and rent one for a weekend. You'll probably spend, you know, 500 bucks and just get to experience it that way. Or borrow one off a friend, um, or you know, or I, I guess I'd probably. Well, I bought one and I fitted it out, and I love it. 
you know you get to look at your own handiwork i think that's part of the the beauty and the and the joy that you get from from van life and living it is by you know adding little bits and pieces but there's nothing to say you couldn't do that even if you bought if you bought one that was already sort of half kitted out because you'd always add your own little elements of yourself to it anyway wouldn't you oh most definitely and and, and like is it like what do you reckon the cost is or is like is it just kind of like buying a second-hand van depends on What's on the market? Oh yeah. Oh look, you could get one. You could get one for anywhere between oh, two grand and um, and about six grand, and that would be, you know, pretty kitted out secondhand. Um, or you could get a newer, probably a bit of a newer model for the um, for the same price that isn't kitted out, and spend between, you know, two and two and six grand and have something that is just looks mint you know Mm. like so it's so it's like do you you know do you get something that's six grand or you instead of do you get something that's just kidded out for six grand or you get something for three and then kitted out with another three you Mm. know it's all sort of that's that's totally up to the 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 buyer and i guess for for, yeah and if they want to check i mean they could check that out on our website we've got all sorts of fit outs that we do for people there as well because because that that just doesn't sound like that much money no it's not it's not and the funny thing is as soon as you move into it you'll make it you make the money back if you stay in your job for a couple of months you make it back and more and it's that's a lot that's what i've said to a couple of my friends i'm just like just do it and in you know in six months you'll be you'll be shackle free and you'll be just saving money like like that like wow. that you know depending how much you want to do that's why i've stopped it because it's money isn't the isn't the priority for me <laughs> yeah it's just you know it's to be able to go where we want and see friends and um you know we sort of have a base here uh, one in one in melbourne one in newcastle near where you are i think mm-hmm. and then one up in near byron bay there We've got these, you know, we've got friends all along the way because that's just uh, the people we've met on the journey that we stay connected with. And, and w- like, on this journey, like, when we t- when you talk about kind of money is not, not the be-all and end-all, but you kind of still need money to pay for certain things, how, how, do, you, mm. how do you fund the, this nomadic lifestyle? Uh, well, like I said, like, I've, I've been in a, a trade for a while, I've been doing rendering for about 15 years, so I work as purely for myself. If we need an injection of cash, then I'll just go to a place and, um, you know, and, and do some rendering for a week, which is, you know, making houses or brickwork look like a smooth cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what sort of rendering does. Um, and, but, I'll, but I'm sort of getting out of that. Like my back plays up and my shoulders are getting a bit tired of it. Um, and we're sort of le- I'm sort of leaning more into doing conversions now, van conversions for, you know, to help people get people on the road, um, and also running the you know our website and organising van life events and gatherings up and down the east coast of mm. Australia and over in the states. Um, that doesn't really that's not really about making money, but that's just sort of where we push our that's kind of where we're pushing the um, the time and energy. Yeah, exactly. Time and energy, and you know, and then there's also marketing now that's coming up on the, you know, on our on our social media platforms that are just just racing up, you know, racing along. Um, we sort of, you know, the one thing that we really promote within our 
uh, social media platforms is taking people away from their devices and mm. creating a meaningful um, space and a meaningful connection. Yeah. So we create these events and, yeah, you find lots of like-minded people there that live in vans or don't or, you know, there's all people from different walks of life that do it. There's accountants, there's bakers, there's families, there's so many people that um, that are doing it and whether they do it full-time or not, that's it's not really about mm. that. And, and that, to be honest, like, <laughs> this is like I've, I've dug deep into – vanlife.com.au and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it in the uh, in the chat but I've I've kind of gone down my own rabbit warren into into you guys and what you're about and, and just the the amazing group of people all out there all over the world and I'm I'm talking to my wife Inga now going like babe even if we don't do this full time why can't our car like we only have one car why can't our car be a van that we can kind of take away for the weekend plus also be our day-to-day car like why don't we kind of mix the two totally totally there was a woman we met over in colorado that was an artist that um name's lynn and you might find her lynn sweets he's an artist that um that makes art and lives in the back of this tiny tiny yaris like a, the tiniest car <laughs> <laughs> you know like far out people people are incredible the way you can make it work and in saying it too like it's not we're not the first that have done it like people have been doing it since cars and vans have been invented once people realized there was shelter in them um so it's you know and, and in saying that too we kind of feel like we you know we're, we're very lucky to be able to buy a van because there's a lot more people doing it hard than what we are mm. you know the fact that we can actually choose to do that so it's important for us to keep ourselves in check but yes you can live in very tiny spaces mm. and make it work if you if you want to and you spoke to about some of these van conversions what are some of the coolest conversions that you've done or or, or how you've been able to manipulate the space to make it livable um look the first the first one i did was on my own van and i've still got it and it's was a it's a it's a sliding kitchen that just comes out and you see them everywhere now a sliding kitchen that comes out the back from under the tailgate under your bed so you open the the tailgate up and then you pull on one of the handles and you and your whole cooker comes out um it's it's just a really excellent way to sort of um, engage with the space around you as opposed to holding yourself up inside the van. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley and I love to cook, so, you know, and we like to be on our feet and it gets us out of the van and then we're outside in our elements uh, and in the elements as well, you know, so when it rains, it's not so great. Um, but, um, yeah, that's probably the, that's probably one of my favorite designs that I've made. I've done that. I've done that for a lot of people now. Um, and it's, and it's definitely taken off. I see all sorts of versions of other people having cracks at them now, and it's pretty cool. Um, I like a little like a little sideboard running down the side of the bed where you can we just put our um, we put our laptops up on there, and you can get four G now. So we stay on the road. And you can you can do everything on your computer on the road now. It's it's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, so we'll just you know like watch a movie on there and sit back and use the bed like a day bed. Um, but yeah, there's other things I've got in mind. I do have lots of other plans of doing certain things. The cool, one of the coolest things I've seen was a was a foosball table that pulled out the back from under the bed. That was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
just to invite people over maybe it was great i was like mate you've got too much space oh too funny and we we, we touched yeah. we touched on a bit earlier about your website vanlife.com.au that you you started with your mate johnny but like how did how did all that come about and you, you know the success that you guys have had through van life diaries and and the following that you've kind of created around the world how did that all come about um we've we filled a void um we were the first to fill a void in the sense that people have been living in their vans for years and and putting them up on you know the whole hashtag van life was around a long time before you know we um started celebrating the name um and that's kind of what we did that was unique is a lot of people were doing it individually and we said wait a second it's a community of people doing this let's just bring bring it all together and create a space where we can celebrate the individuals on their journey as opposed to all individuals doing it on their own um and i think that's why it had so much um why it was so well received as well because it was the was the first that um that celebrated individuals on a big scale from all over the world um and we'd you know we'd post anyone and everyone it wasn't about the you know the high-res shot or the you know the Mm. or what sort of van it was it was more to catch people and and we started getting people sending um us a lot of emails as well to you know blogs and people's you know blogging about their journey from you know every continent and so we started uploading them on our website and and then we'd um, just sort of, you know, created a, um, I guess, a thread through all of them um, where they were all connected so that people could find each other a bit easier. And, and, um, and yeah. what, what do you think makes, makes this community so special? Like what are some of the, the common characteristics that you, you see popping up with a lot of the van lifers? Um. All of them, in my experience that I've met, are all searching and, and looking for the same thing. Everyone's looking for happiness, I think. And so I guess, you know, the qualities that are similar are, you know, the people respect the environment. A lot of the people that we work, you know, that we either work with or um, if we run a gathering, you know, we, we do put onus on certain things um, and awareness and create awareness about it. The environment is one of them. A lot of people love getting outdoors and in the nature, and you just can't help but be out in nature when um, when you're in a van, you know. Uh, and then um, I find similarities in the sense that people are more in, are happy to engage on a number of different social levels as well. I guess not having fences, it's one thing I've noticed about being in a van is that there's no fences you open your door and you're just out there. There's no fence. You know, I, mean, I remember when I was a kid up around Kingscliff on, in New South Wales there and walking around the streets and the and the, these, the fences were maybe three bricks high. You go past, you know, certain areas these days and these, these walls you can't see over mm. and neighbours don't know people anymore. So I think you find that's a common thread with a lot of people that live in vans is that they're, they're willing to meet people, which is, which is the first step in connection, you know, if you're willing... Mm then you're able um, and we're all able bodies. So it's just a matter if you're willing or not. Um, so I think that's one of the beautiful things about the community is that they're willing to, um, yeah, show you the, a side of themselves that maybe a lot of other people aren't ready to. 
Yeah, it's a, uh, it's so it's so true. Just having that, what you said there about the fences and kind of not knowing your neighbours. Like I even find that just when I growing up in the suburbs of Sydney, we just knew everyone, and and now that doesn't seem to be the case as much. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like it's, yeah, I don't know how or why it started. But everyone's considered a stranger these days, and that's a bad thing. Mm. But a stranger's just a friend you haven't met, really. You know, they put up those – who knows? Who knows what it was? I've got my own thoughts on where it came from, whether it was the whole neighbourhood watch thing and, you know, and, and you know, creating people – you know, creating a space where people thought that there was a chance of being attacked. And, then, yes, it's good to be aware and be smart about what your surroundings, but I don't know if it did a lot of good for communities in that sense. It's sort uh- of – I think yeah, I think too with the, with everyone having a device in their hand, they um, have access to the news, and the news kind of only tells you that everyone in the world hates you, um, which is kind this of is wh- true. which is why I don't really <laughs> I haven't listened to the news or watched the news for two years, and now I think everyone loves me. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you touched on your documentary before, Jared, and you, you guys were over in the states. Tell me a little bit more about this documentary that you guys are creating. Well, we're working with a, an amazing um, director and filmmaker who happens to be someone I've known for a long time. His name's Jim Lounsbury. He operates out of Sydney. I, you know what? Um, to, to kind of cut you off there, I know him. When I when I was doing do some, yeah, when I was doing some research, he um, I don't know. Is it he did this Australian film? I want to say love my way. It might not be that. It might be something else. Love is now. Love, love is, is now. now. And and the company that I was working with, oh, this is going off tangent, but yeah, Final Post, I think, did the color grading for all of that. Oh, um, uh, wow. And then, um, and then I think I know him through someone else. Yeah, it was small world, but anyway, carry on, Jim. Yeah, he lived up – yeah, Jim lived up in Newcastle when mm. I was living up there. Uh, and – He's so he's a good friend. I used to play basketball with him, and he he actually managed the first band I sung in. Um, so we have a bit of history. But he went on, you know, he's been off and doing his own thing for a long time, and has really sort of mastered his craft. You know, that love is now has been put into a lot of film festivals and done really well as well. So he came to one of the gatherings with us, and um, you know, because I'd kept in contact with him and just invited him along, and he came along and just went, "I've got to capture this," you know, um, and so it. I mean, he's 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 looking at it from a completely different angle as well, which I love. It's not, you know, he's gonna he's following the thread of a thread of us sort of going out to connect with people, but um, he's he's gonna have a really good look at you know what you know the meaning of van life is. Um, he's gonna have a look behind the curtain in the sense and talk about you know the social you know the sociological impacts of movements like this. Um, you know the the economic, the philosophic. Um, you know he's he's speaking and doing interviews with all sorts of uh, um, you know um, people and 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 filming the journey along the way. Um, you know also yeah, just giving it, I guess a bit of a look behind the curtain in that sense of you know even thinking about you know where where they put up you know no camping signs and you know hearing about the struggles overseas over in California at the moment and and Vancouver and just the whole houseless and homeless communities that are out there because of, um, because of soaring house prices and housing affordability and, you know, the, the fact that there's a lot of houses out there that are just empty because people can't afford to live in them, you know. 
and there's so many houseless and homeless people and sort of where does van life sit on that scale because we're kind of like the millionaires of homelessness in in a sense Mm. um you know just to sort of put it in perspective like you know there's a lot of white people taking nice pictures of themselves in vans isn't there you don't Mm. you know there's not a lot of stories about it you know it needs to be a balanced story and jim's really going for that so um you know who knows what he's what he's what sort of rabbit he's going to pull out of the hat for this but he's i can honestly say i think it'll be you know really honest and beautiful um um you know he even talked about you know going possibly going to a a meeting of uh you know of a council or something and you know hearing people complain about um, you know, campers rocking up in mm. front of their houses, you know, oh, we pay high rates. We pay all these high mm. rates. We don't want to look out the window and see these people getting it for free. You know, it's like, well, yeah. And uh, I guess it'll, I'll, be, it'll I'll, be an interesting, interesting little viewing. That's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I can't, can't wait to see that unfold. But on that point about, you know, not being able to park places, like what are some of the challenges that you face living out of your van? Well, parking isn't one of them. That's for sure. If you if you want to park somewhere, you just don't park at Bondi Beach or, at, you know, or up in Byron Bay on the main, you know, on the on the main drag. You don't go to Melbourne to where all the places that are popular. You don't populate the areas. You you move around, and I mean, we try to be as respectful as possible, and you know, and not salt an area too much. Like we might be in one place for a night, come back and be in another place the next night. Um, maybe we'll be around the block. Maybe we'll be in the side of the street, but if you're going to bed at, you know, at a reasonable hour and not staying up, you know, drunk and yahooing and carrying on like kids, then no one's going to notice that you're there. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's, I mean, one of the, I guess the challenges are more so weather wise, for us um yeah if it's raining or really cold then we don't usually want to stick around in it um we sort of come down melbourne way between november and march move back up uh back north up the coast and um, sort of go where the weather is and get to see our beautiful friends on the way yeah i guess that well that was going to be one of my questions actually kind of about the you know watching the storm roll in over the ocean whilst you're laying in the back of your van is like really romantic but then like a week's worth of rain like how do you how do you deal with that like not being able to kind of stretch (laughs) it's horrible yeah if it rains for three days you know and we've got to get in and out of the van and the inside the van gets wet it starts to smell like a wet sock (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not. It's not good, mate. Yeah, that's. You know, just it's funny. It's you know, it's just like your front door mat. It sort of gets a bit more of the extreme. Yeah. Um, all at once, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely those moments, and that's. I mean, that's the compromise we're willing to make. It's you know, everyone's got compromises they're dealing with. It's like where does where does your compromise start? Where does mine? Mine starts with me choosing where 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 I'm going to be, and if that comes along, then that's the compromise I'll face and deal with it when it's you know lapping at the lapping at the door or whatever <laughs> we did lose one of our van i mean we had a van a toyota up another like we had two vans for a while um, when i was doing a lot of um work and ashley was working just in a in a uh, as a, a cook in a in a kitchen down in mullumbimby and yeah she'd drive off one way and i'd drive off the other and yeah one day we left ours 
we left that van in the streets at Billy Nudgel and this storm came through and just went over the roof of it. It was just pretty sad. Wow. <laughs> now, I've, I've got a bunch of random questions that I'm going to ask you now and, and you can go into them in a deep way or in a really quick way. It's just kind of some random questions about van life that, that I've kind of got. So, so here, here we go. Okay. Do you ever get used to using public toilets? Yes, definitely. Definitely. And uh, portaloos can be your friend too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, they're very scary. Like portaloos are, I mean, portaloos are, are probably the worst ones to deal with. Like there's times I'll go past a job site um, and if I'm not even working on it, then I'll, and I need to go, then I'll pull in there and, and use a portaloo or, yeah. Um, yeah, and public toilets, mate, they're just like shining beacons in the night, really. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you touched on it before, but like how do you go about kind of washing your clothes? Um, looking for la- uh, laundromats or, if, like I said, if we go to a friend's house and we cook for them, we'll usually say, can we either do some la- linen, like laundry there or we will or we can have a shower and stuff and yeah, so that's we'll either do it at friends' places mm. in exchange for a meal and some wine and obviously some riveting conversation <laughs> or we'll go to a laundromat. Yeah. And how, how often do you, do you need to fill up for fresh water and where do you do this? Um, a, lot of, a lot of public toilets have taps on the side of them, otherwise at friends' houses or families' houses. That we know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. That's Although, it. I mean, also at, at um, parks where there's barbecues on the side of the barbecues. Yeah. Ah, cool. And yep. you, you, you've spoken about cooking a few times here. What's your specialty dish to cook when you're in the van? Oh, signature. Do we have a signature van dish? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've, been, we've been working on pan-fried pizzas. Nice. A beautiful pan-fried pizza, yep. So like a, a roast fennel with a, sort of like an oregano Greek lamb with some yogurt on the bottom with fresh parsley on top. Stunning. Beautiful, delicious. Yeah, um, w- it's really good. When you travel on the road, do you, do you travel, do you hit the road by yourself or do you try to hit the road with other um, people in their vans? <laughs> Oh, it's always a nice idea to do that, to to sort of do the convoy thing. They're really hard to organise that at times. Like a lot of people operate to their own their own um, Kairos. Mm-hmm. You know what Kairos is? No. Kairos. So there's chronological time in Kairos, and chronological chronological time is obviously the the time that you know the months the months on the calendar and the and the hours on the clock, days of the week. That's you know you know a lot of us operate to chronological time, but Kairos is the it's a Greek word, and it's it's sort of the the time that animals use you know to, to migrate or the seasons change or the moons you know the moon cycle shifts. Interesting. Yes. There you yeah. Go. So, yeah. So operating to Kairos is a is a wonderful thing, and trying to organise your Kairos with somebody else is often very challenging so we don't get as many convoys as we'd like um but yeah it is it is fun when you're all just yeah when it, if you've at least got one or 
two parties cruising around. It's pretty fun. And I, I guess that's one of the another reasons why you create the the meetups that you have, just so everyone can kind of yeah get together. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, just to meet up and reconnect and sort of take ourselves back out of the of the uh, madness, the bizarro world that we live in, and um, yeah, and just sort of help establish, you know relationships because they take time they don't happen overnight and another another yeah. random question for you you get a, you get hit with a stomach bug what do you do <sighs> mm. i don't know <laughs> you just, like you just park the van up you turn to pieces <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah, just yeah it's not good you just you'll, you'll pull up and Whoever's got the work will go in. Um, whoever doesn't will usually lay in the van and fester. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fester until it's over. Or, you know, we'll call on some friends and go, can I lay on your couch and, you know, cough in your kitchen? <laughs> They're usually pretty receptive. Ah, oh, too good. Yeah. Right. Well, Jared, I have, I have one final question for you, and this is one that I, I do ask all of my guests, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. Well, I'd like to get up for starters, <laughs> and um, usually uh, a um, a little breeze will be kicking in. Um, I'll open the back the back tailgate. The breeze will come in, and it'll cool our brows on the pillows. At some point, I'll roll over and kiss my darling, and then get up, and we'll, um, we'll I'll make some coffee while she's resting there, um, or you know, we'll start making brekkie or or spot a um, spot a public toilet and celebrate. <laughs> and then, and then, I mean, late, I mean, lately it's just been being around nature. It's been so good to just be around nature. Um, go for a walk, go for a swim, um, hear birds. Um, we love fires, so at some point there'll be a fire. There'll be stars, uh, there'll be plenty of laughs and some music. Happy days. Followed by a, yeah, followed by a big hug from, you know, everyone. Yeah. And then that's, yeah. Done. Yeah. And then I'll tuck in and tuck me in. I'll be happy, mate. mate. I don't need much. We don't need much. I'm happy mm. with, happy with what I've, you know, what we've, what we've got. I've, I've found that when I asked that question of, of most people about their perfect day, it is quite simple, and people don't seem to need much. We we seem to we seem to pack in a lot of things that we don't need and complicate things. But you know, um, but mate, thanks Definitely. thanks so much for your time here today, Jared. I, I absolutely love it, and I, I love the work that you do, and I love just the the, the way that you you're just living life the way that you kind of want to live it and, and figuring out and making those compromises that you spoke about. But if people do want to reach out to you, you know, follow the journey that you guys do, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, look, they can get on to our website, vernlife.com.au, which has um, all the events coming up, um, has all the latest blogs. It's also got all the um, – uh, the, the movie that's uh, the documentary that's going to come out it's got you know it, it can also help you if you're looking to 
uh, fit out or convert a van into a camper van. That's all. It's all on our website. Otherwise, on our social media platforms, it's um, Van Life Diaries on Instagram and uh, Van Life on Facebook. There's also social forums that we have that we run through and syndicate through um, through our website and social media platforms too. So, yeah, please, if there's anyone out there that wants to connect or try something different, we've got one crack at it. Yeah. <laughs> we've all got one crack at it. <laughs> we do, mate. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much for that, buddy. And, and I'll definitely link to all of that in the show notes at liveimmediately.com. Is, is there anything that I've forgotten or anything that I've left out that you want to add before we part ways? Um. When are we, are we going to see you at one of these gatherings soon? Mate, you are definitely going to see at me one of these gatherings. I was actually going to say to you off air, but I can say it to you now. The next time you're in Newcastle, um, let me know. I'd love to. I'd love to invite you over and, and try one of these dishes. You're more than more than welcome to uh, use <laughs> use our toilet and uh, and our laundry and whatever you need. But um, I'd love to hook up yeah. definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, when I'm up there and once I think there'll be one being organized around Newcastle next. So I'll, um, yeah, I'll be in touch. I'd love yeah. to. Yeah. And I'm more than happy to support that and push that out wherever I can. So Great. Awesome, so. man. Thanks so much, Mike. Nah, thank you. Well, and thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately. That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.